0: Welcome to the All About You podcast. My name is Sheila and I am your host. In this podcast I invite people to tell their stories of their travels, hobbies and passions. These podcasts are also now available on my All About You YouTube channel. So if you have a story to tell, please contact me on all about you podcast at yahoo.com and let's tell your story welcome to the all about you podcast and my guest today is liz and liz is a positive birthing teacher liz welcome to the all about you podcast thank you sheila it's good to be here liz i'm really looking forward to this conversation because i have no idea about what this is and this is why it intrigued me So can we start by talking about what a positive birthing teacher is, why you would use one and how would I find one?
1: Certainly, we can talk about all of those things. It's a subject I quite like talking about. So positive birthing is about empowering the mother to be to have the best birth experience that she can have with whatever kind of delivery she ends up having. A lot of people that are attracted to it are attracted to it from the natural birth side of things. Um, they they are often people who are looking to go for an, a birth that doesn't involve any interventions or as minimal intervention as possible from the uh, medical profession and quite often want to avoid having drugs, pain relief and that sort of thing. But that is not all that it's about. A lot of people get confused about it, but it is about empowering a mother to have the best possible experience of childbirth that she can. And this is done by education, really. Educating someone about what to expect during childbirth, empowering them to take decisions for themselves and not be kind of guided to do what's best for the medical profession that's often attending them. Do get a very variation of people coming to you. You sometimes get a, a first-time mother who's just a bit scared of the whole thing and wants to educate herself, or you might get a second, third-time mother who's been through it all and wants to enjoy the experience more. There's not many people that approach it thinking they're going to enjoy childbirth, Most people find the whole thing quite terrifying and um, it has a bad reputation, but it doesn't have to be like that. And I am trying to help people to understand there's another way to view childbirth. It doesn't have to be a painful and traumatic experience. It can be a very joyful experience. So having trained to be a clinical hypnotherapist so that I could go down the route of learning how to um, help people to manage their their own feelings um, through childbirth, I then went on to do specific training course through Catherine Graves, who's a well-known hypnobirthing teacher. And as I said to you before, is the name hypnobirthing is the worst thing about the whole subject because it isn't just about hypnosis it's about educating people it's about empowering people and then using an element of self-hypnosis to keep calm and under control in those circumstances
0: I mean there are so many points there I'd like to unpick I haven't had children myself so this is very much uncharted waters however I have had a lot of conversations with people who have had children they're all very different everybody's experience is different you can understand from the medical point of view they want to make it as safe as possible for baby and mother whether that's in the medical environment of a delivery suite whether that's at home in a birthing pool or occasionally people who get you know, their their delivery experiences in the back of an ambulance, in the back of a car or basically in the cupboard under the stairs. <laughs> um, and that's a true story. Somebody I follow on YouTube, she's had two children and both of the children were born within sort of half an hour and she didn't even have chance to get outside the front door. So literally wow. she was almost in the cupboard under the stairs wow. having her baby. So she's just one of those people that speed was of the essence. So I can understand when you decide to have children, and I think that is one of the most serious decisions you make of your life, you want to make it the best decision for you and your baby. And that's when I think this whole plethora of different experiences, do you want to be in hospital? Do you want to go down the Epidural route, you want a, a you know a natural birth as far as possible? so it, it's it's a minefield, and I think what you're doing to make it as pleasant
1: as possible has got to be phenomenal. That's what makes me passionate about this subject as well. I have four children, very grown up, needless to say, and seven grandchildren, and I didn't have particularly good birth experiences. And I came late to this whole subject of positive birth. But once I kind of got the idea into my head and the understanding of what it entailed, I just feel really passionately that we need to spread the word a little bit because childbirth has got a really bad press. If you watch a TV programme or a movie, if a woman goes into labour on screen, invariably, her waters break in a really inconvenient place and it's followed by extreme pain and lots of screaming and an emergency trip to the hospital. But the truth of the matter is very few women go into labour in that way. The waters can break at various different stages. It isn't necessarily a sign that you're in labour. You know, it can happen days before and be an indication that you're going to go into labour soon or as my daughter she was in the uh, birthing pool in my living room and her waters broke while she was laboring you know it was just shortly before the baby was born some babies are actually born still in the sack with the the sack intact um, so this whole thing about waters breaking and you're going into immediate labor and it being full-on and incredibly painful is such a myth because it's normally a slow and gradual build up to the extremely strong contractions that you receive that cause what we think of as pain. So there's an awful lot of brainwashing, if you like, with what's available in the media about childbirth, this terribly painful experience. And we have a show here in England, I don't know if you've seen it, Sheila, Um, One Born Every Minute, They make a drama out of every single case. So even the ones that are having a lovely birth, they will put some drama into it because it's not interesting otherwise, you know, and, um, you know, they'll sort of film it in such a way. Will she or won't she get to this stage, you know, and create this drama around it. And it's just giving a really bad image to childbirth. And we used to have children at home as commonplace. I mean, the other show perhaps you've come across is... um, call the midwife set in the 50s and 60s when people were still delivering their babies at home and um, had a much more natural childbirth because the, the nurses were attending them but not in you know not sort of interfering they were left to their own devices to a large extent and if you watch the way that things changed when we started taking people into hospital it became a managed experience it was managed by the the health professionals, women were laid on a bed and giving birth, laying flat on their back. And, you know, this is completely the wrong position to be in. You're going against gravity. You're laying flat on your back and actually your body is shaped in such a way that there's a slight tilt in the pelvic area. So the baby has to come down and round the U-bend, if you like, So if you were laying on a bed, you were effectively pushing that baby uphill at that point because you're flat on your back. So there was all this intervention that was convenient for the medical profession, and it's taken away the natural element of childbirth. It's all all became kind of programmed to suit. And you know what you said about wanting the safe experience and all of that, of course, that's what the medical profession are doing. They're trying to create a safe environment but it isn't necessarily the right way of doing it for the mother. And we are changing. We're much better than we used to be now. Um, So having said, I've got seven grandchildren. I've seen two of them born uh, in home births. And, you know, I can see the massive change between when I have my children and the way things were done and the way now they are going back to basics and getting much more natural childbirth options but you've also got the option of having an epidural, all the difficult bit taken away from you. You know, some people's attitude is very much, the medicine is there, why wouldn't you take it? And that is great if that's what they want to do, but they can still benefit from positive birth training because if they know what to expect, they can make better decisions about how they, what they accept in the way of interventions from the medical people that's really what it's about is I think our general health is a subject that we have given up we've passed it over to our GPS and our specialists and and the medical profession we go to them we expect a miracle answer to everything that you know every ailment that we have and we hand ourselves over to their care without doing any work for ourselves on what the problem might be and I think that the way that childbirth has gone for the last 40 years or so has been very similar women just go to the doctor they get the test yes you're pregnant now you have to sign up for your antenatal classes and you know you have to attend your um, your check-ins every so often and they just kind of hand themselves over and do as they're told there's no education along the way about what to expect Some of them go to antenatal classes, some of them don't. If you were to go and survey a number of women about what childbirth looked like, I would imagine very few of them could give you a good description of the actual physiological event that's occurring. And I only learned this myself, you know, 30 years after I'd had my own children. It's been a revelation. There's so much I know now that I had no idea about then. It's a privilege to know it. But, you know, it, it's sort of stuff that we should be learning. We have a society now that's got all this information available to it. And yet so few women will actually go and research childbirth when they get pregnant. They just go along with what they're told by their midwife. It's quite an interesting thing, really. I mean,
0: th- there are so many points you have covered there. But I think, as you say, it's very true you you must i think feel at some point you are on a sausage machine yes absolutely and and as you say you're given so much information and you've got the classes and and that type of thing but there's so much going on isn't there there's the physical changes in your body which i'm sure can be pretty scary at times but it's also the mental side liz and it's the mental side of sort of preparing yourself and your life for this tiny little person that I'm sure is pretty much going to take over and rule your life. So at what point would people be able to say, okay, I actually want to know what the alternatives are? It doesn't sound as if they're being given that information when they have the visit with the doctor.
1: No, they aren't. This, again, is something they need to find for themselves and if they don't know it's there they don't know you don't know what you don't know so you you know if you haven't crossed the path of this information unless you go looking for it then you're never going to have it and it is simple as that really um, my daughter is she gave birth in November as I say It was beautiful fantastic it was everything I could have wished for for her but she has friends who are giving birth around the same time and they're not engaging. that I have worked with some of them, but they're not engaging to the level that she engaged with the positive birthing because they were still fearful of the whole experience. You do need the person to be interested and on board with the possibilities of what you can do with a positive mindset, because it's not something you can force on anyone or should force on anyone in any way, shape or form. They have to want it. They have to want to really take that power for themselves because it is about empowering people it is about them being in control making the right choices for them and not everybody sees the world in that way and I don't like to give my power away which is probably why I'm quite passionate about this I would you know make very different choices now if if it was me going through this process I think it was the first of my grandchildren that I saw born at home was my inspiration to become a positive birthing trainer because it, she hadn't had any training in that way. But she, she had already had a child 11 years before and she didn't remember it being difficult or uncomfortable or unpleasant in any way. So she went into this planned home birth with the expectation that she would have an easy time and she had an easy time. She laughed her way through the contractions, which, I I mean, it was remarkable. I arrived and she was clearly quite far along in her her contractions and she was just giggling every time they, they happened. And she said, oh, I don't remember. How will I know when to push? I don't remember what it feels like. And the midwives and I said to her, you will know. You will know, there will be no doubt. And just as the evening went on, she you could see her go, oh, actually, that wasn't so funny, you know. But she literally was very calm, very controlled, went up into the bedroom. She knew she got that sensation of needing to push and she started pushing. She made a noise, sort of a shouty noise. The midwife said, save that energy. And she did. And she used it to push the baby out she gave birth in a very quick amount of time it wasn't a trauma to her at all it was lovely it was it was just so inspiring and inspired me to go on to try and show other people that there is another way other than having the drama and the the pain and the difficulty of childbirth in that instance then
0: liz you were working alongside a midwife
1: I wasn't even trained at that stage. I was just attending the birth of my granddaughter. Um, I actually thought I was going to be just making teas and coffees and helping, you know, just being around on the day. But I was invited into the room, which surprised me. This wasn't my daughter giving birth. It was my son's partner giving birth. And I was invited into the room. I held her hand. I wiped her brow And I watched it all unfold in front of me. And the the midwives, I sing their praises to this day. They were amazing. I think midwives are amazing. I think wherever they work, they're incredible. Uh, They have a hard job to do. In most cases, it's a good outcome. But there's a lot of responsibility, massive amount of responsibility. I say, if you're having a baby, you want a midwife in attendance and not a doctor, because the midwives attend everyday birth. They know how to help a mother give birth when there are no complications. If you have a doctor come and attend, they are used to dealing with complications. So they are looking for solutions to complications. A midwife will help you go through it all naturally. So,
0: Liz, as a qualified positive birthing teacher, what would be your role? Let's imagine you are are you attending in a hospital or just in private
1: homes i i educate before the event i'm not often at the event where i've attended my grandchildren that's a, you know a different subject altogether but generally what would happen for a positive birthing teacher is that the parent would get in touch and i, I should say i prefer to teach the couple assuming we've got a mum and a dad or a mum and a, another parent involved teach them as a couple or whoever the birthing partner is going to be because sometimes these are single mums so whoever the birthing partner is going to be on the day because it's about creating a situation where they can manage together this event and the birthing partner has a role um, a very important role they are the advocate for the birthing mum So you would have um, both of them in, you know, educate them. This is a a course of education and it's about the physiological experience as much as the psychological experience. If they understand what is happening to their body during the process of labour, they're going to be less scared of the situation. Understanding gives them the chance to ask questions and understand the answers and understand what the implications of those answers are. But given that we're talking about a relaxed childbirth and there's an element of self-hypnosis involved for those mums that can achieve it, the idea is that the birthing partner is the advocate and the buffer between mum and the medical profession attending, because we want mum to learn how to relax and focus and breathe and breathe that baby into the world with without distractions, because each distraction is taking her away from her hopefully positive place that we've achieved through this training. If she was asked a question or the medical profession wanted to do an examination, that can cause her to come out of her relaxation or, or her focused state and just possibly bring an element of fear or unsettledness to her which can affect the process of the birth so we don't want her constantly interrupted by questions and examinations and the birthing partner is a buffer and hopefully if they've done the learning together I mean this is all ideal world stuff you know it doesn't often happen like this but this is the ideal world if they've done the work together and the partner understands in the same way what is happening They can speak up for the mother when somebody comes in and says, would you like an epidural or whatever the question might be. The birthing partner can say, you know, she's focusing on her breathing at the moment. So um, it's a decision we've made. We're not going to do that. If it changes, we will let you know sort of thing. They can they can kind of stop it before it gets to her. Quite often, midwives will do a pelvic floor, a pelvic examination to see, how well dilated a mother is, although it's offered less and less now than it was. But the whole act of having someone rummaging around in your vagina while you're in the middle of um, laboring is unpleasant, to say the least, because they're using their fingers to measure how dilated the cervix is. So, you know, it's not a bit of fun. No. It's rummaging around down there and it's it's not an, a particularly nice experience. But given that mum is probably in the process of having contractions in between, it can be quite uncomfortable. So it doesn't really feed very much information. It will tell you right there and then how roughly how far dilated mum is. But that can change in five minutes. It can change in 10 minutes or it can be another three hours, you know. So It's not a particularly helpful thing to do, but it is a practice that they still do offer. So, you know, if you've got a birthing partner who's learned about all of this thing along with with mum, he can he can stop them offering that because for her to have to make decisions about whether or not she wants that is going to interrupt her flow, if you will. Now, this could be going on for quite some considerable time. So, it's it, like I say, it's an, it, it's an ideal world where you, you're going to kind of minimise the interruptions to her being really relaxed and, and chilled out. But there are so many elements to the whole thing. The physiological thing, there's so many things that people don't understand about how childbirth occurs. And one of them is that amazing dance that there is between the baby inside Releasing hormones that trigger hormones in the mum, so you you have a situation where when a baby is ready to be born, it releases some hormones which then go on to trigger other hormones in the mother which start the contractions. So we have all these ideas about how you can um, you know if a baby's not here, you can do this and you can do that to prompt it to come out. You know we castor oil was one in the olden days, you know, and Um, You have raspberry leaf teas now and, you know, have a good curry, have some sex. Sex is actually probably one of the best ones, to be fair. Um, But I'll explain that later. But, you know, there's all these old wives tales that you can do that. You know, who knew that the baby has to release a, a hormone into the mother that then releases, triggers other hormones that causes the cervix to start to ripen, as they call it now. If you don't know that information and you're there taking the raspberry teas and the castor oil, you know, you're just traumatising your body, really. There's all that stuff going on. What you need for a baby to be born is for the baby to be ready to be born. And 40 weeks gestation is a guesstimate, really. The date that that you're given by by the initial consultation It's just playing with numbers, really. It's so inaccurate. You've got some babies that are in there for 10 months. You've got some babies that come out 36 weeks. You know, it's not a given science. If you understand that only 4% of babies are born on the day that they're predicted to be born on, you understand this is not a given. You know, it's, it's a guesstimate. I think in, in France or somewhere, they give like a four week window. Your baby may be born between these weeks here, but it's only may be born between these weeks. You know, it's not it's not given that they will. A friend of mine now is is waiting to give birth and her baby was due, I think, on the 31st. What are we on now? The fifth. Five days overdue in her head. That's way overdue. You know, she's just so ready to have the baby and she'll be thinking about how can I make this baby come? Well, I'm sorry, dear, but you can't make the baby come until the baby is ready. And then that release of the hormone happens and then that all triggers the process. The best thing for a delivering mother is to feel safe and secure and loved and happy. And those are things that we try to teach them when we do positive birthing. We try to teach them about oxytocin, which is the love hormone, the hormone that you're flooded with the moment your baby is born and you're flooded with oxytocin and you fall in love with your baby and it's all part of the bonding process. But oxytocin is what keeps your contractions going. It causes your contractions to happen. And it is given synthetically when they're inducing labour. And that is not such good oxytocin. It's a, It's got a different name, but it's a synthetic version of it. And it can be too strong or too weak or but your own body making oxytocin it makes it for you. And that is encouraged by um, touching and feeling with a loved one. You know, just that cuddling, that kissing, that feeling secure, feeling protected, creating the safe in- environment, not triggering the fight or flight response you know that you get from fear but having the opposite effect of calm feeling safe animals go off into their quiet place to give birth and we're not much different there is a reason for that that's programmed into us from way 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 back when we were afraid of saber-toothed tigers and dinosaurs and that sort of thing we are seeking a quiet space where we cannot leave a trail or you know the senses the smell or or anything for a predator to find us because we're at our most vulnerable giving birth so we need quiet space and that's all kind of like really programmed into our psyche far back so if a woman feels safe and protected during childbirth then it will progress better than if she's having to fight her way through traffic rush hour traffic and you know there's a traffic jam down the road or there's roadworks up ahead and she's sitting there thinking are we going to make it that's going to set her labor back it's going to interfere with the smooth running of her labor there's so much Sheila and you know I can't tell you enough in this short podcast about the many factors that influence childbirth but I would say anyone who um is thinking about it, thinking about childbirth and thinking about what it means for them, should look into the positive birthing classes that are out there. I think there's an absolute plethora of material available on the websites and various internet searches. You know, there's so much stuff out there. You'll find people on Instagram that do educational stuff. You don't have to go to classes. In fact, for me... The pandemic has kind of ruined classes a little bit because we had that period of lockdown. Everything went online, but there's so much stuff out there available online. There's some really, really gifted people educating other people about the whole experience of childbirth.
0: I mean, I will get all the links from you to to accompany the podcast, Liz, but I'm just sitting here fascinated by the whole process. As you said right at the beginning, we do tend to have this sort of, you know, this is how your baby's going to be born and all the rest of it. And certainly the bit about lying flat on your back in a hospital. I mean, I've said for years that is just against Mother Nature and gravity.
1: Absolutely. That is absolutely what it is. The best position, if anyone wants to take one thing from this podcast, the best position to give birth is, leaning forward over the edge of a bed or something like that in my daughter's case she was in a birthing pool she was leaning on the edge of the pool on her knees with her knees slightly apart and her feet her heels touching together so that creates the biggest opening in the pelvic area and you you can do little exercises yourself just to see if you stand upright and you tip your pelvis forward Everything closes. If you tip your pelvis backwards, everything opens. It's simple when you look at it like that. It's simply the skeleton structure you can see closing and opening. It's it's not a brain surgeon's job, you know. It's. I mean,
0: this is it. This is working with your body as nature intended. This sort of, show it for the sake of argument. Say this squatting position. Yeah. You know you are working working with gravity it sounds a lot more comfortable as you say for mum than trying to lie on the bed and push uphill I mean that doesn't sound good at the best of times I think it's a very interesting point as you said getting the partner involved because I'm sure when you're in the position of giving birth you know if it's your first baby if it's your sixth baby every experience is different and it's having that person closest to you your partner your husband whoever it may be having that person who is like your team member yep as the go-between with the medical staff one question i wanted to ask you are you seeing a rise in the number of home births i mean maybe that's not too easy to answer regarding without you know pandemic but in
1: general I think home birthing has become much more popular, but you've still got a very, very small percent of people that feel brave enough to do it. And I think it is actually promoted by the Midwifery Service now, but they promote it with great caution. And I I have no criticism of them. I love the work that they do. But, you know, let's face it, they have limited resources and they have, as you said, like a conveyor belt of people coming through. They have to manage the resources they've got, whether they be nurses or rooms or, you know, waiting areas or whatever. They have to manage those resources and they do the best that they can, given what they've got. But they also control situations. You know, I've heard People saying that they weren't given you know the gymballs, mums will often sit oh, on right. a gymbo and they will bounce on the gymbo, because that helps their pelvis to open and that will help things progress. And they'll do that when they're, you know, during the labouring. That will quite often help things along. But I have heard mums say they weren't given a a ball to bounce on because they didn't want her to progress any quicker because they didn't have a delivery room for her to go into so you know they these hospitals and and midwives and nursing centers and all the rest of it because there's different places you can give birth you can give birth at home you can give birth in a midwife led unit you can give birth in the hospital you know depending on the circumstances there are different places to give birth but they all have limited resources Even having a baby at home is, you know, it's a bit hit and miss because if the community team are all out at the time that you go into labour, who's going to come and attend you? You know, you may not be able to give birth at home because there may not be resources available to attend you. And most people giving birth at home are going to want somebody to attend them. You do come across people who want to just do it on their own. The health service doesn't particularly like that. There is a bit of a conflict between people who want to go alone and the system that's trying to control, you know, their well-being and be part of their well-being. But there there are people that make the choices to do it on their own and kind of go against the advice that they're given. They're, they're few and far between and they're very brave people who do that. Then there are people who give birth at home in a controlled Um, environment and it doesn't have to be perfect in any way shape or form nobody's saying you have to have a really spotlessly clean house or that you know you have to have any particular equipment in there the birthing pools are available to hire which I, I didn't realize until my daughter was having her baby at home you hire a pool it's a bit like the jacuzzis that you can hire you know except it's it's got like a sterile liner that comes with it and you fill it up and you give birth in that and in your living room, wherever you've got the space to, to put it and walk round. That's all they ask for. Be able to walk all the way round because we may want to um, examine mum from some angle or other. That's all that's required. So, yes, bir- birthing at home has become more popular. Birthing pools are more popular than they used to be. They're available in hospitals, in um, particularly in the midwife led units which is where women are able to go. The midwife-led units tend to be more homely than the hospital, and it's led by midwives and is sometimes separate from the hospital, it has a much more homely feel to it. it, isn't a hospital ward as such. It might have you know, specially designed beds that both mum and her partner can get on so that it's not her perched on one of these awful hospital beds. It might be lower down. It might have a birthing pool in the room with them. They'll have equipment like they have ropes that hang from the ceiling for women to just hang on to and just, you know, balance themselves against. They have soft lighting and mood music in there that you can play your playlist through and that sort of thing. So some of those can be really homely and feel like you're having a home birth. Every
0: mum is going to want her own experience, hopefully positive she's got the option of the information she's given from her local doctor her local hospital, but there again, there is a a huge amount of information on the website, and she needs to have a good old rummage around and see what's available in her area, talk to other mums, what they would do differently if, if they had had a child again. And it's really, as you were saying, you know, instead of just giving everything over to the hospital, take the time, you know, do your research, think about what actually, what kind of birth you want. You may decide you want to go down that the high tech medical route. But, you know, you've got time during that nine months to think about it. But I do think, look at all the research out there, talk to other mums, talk to other people, you know, the grandmothers that have recently become grandmothers and what was the experience
1: for their daughter? The whole thing about the high-tech birth, if they wanted to go medicalised birth, there is still room for having a positive birth experience. If you are educated, if you know what to expect, if you work on your breathing and you think positively and you think calmly, you can enhance that experience even further. We're taking the trauma out of childbirth. We're making it a a more enjoyable experience for people. And, you know, that's the big thing. Take the trauma out of it, make it more enjoyable, regardless, you know, people go for caesareans. So this is a little fact that I didn't know. There's a thing called a gentle caesarean now, and that is an entirely different caesarean to the one that you see where they, you know, are cutting open a woman in, in a panic situation. If you are having a planned caesarean for any reason, you are allowed to ask for a gentle, it might not be available, but you can ask for a gentle caesarean if your hospital are providing it. It entails lower lights, quieter environment, soft music playing. They open the mother up, they pull the baby part the way out, and then they let the baby make its way out on its own i've seen it on a video it's incredible you would not think it could happen but it does happen and it's quite remarkable there is um additional stuff to that there's there's the fact that babies who are born by cesarean often have not well they haven't gone through the birth canal so they haven't picked up the mother's microbiomes And I don't know if you're aware of how important microbiomes are, that it's becoming a big subject now. It has to do with gut health, overall health, immunity, all of these things. When a baby travels through the vaginal passage, it picks up its mother's microbiomes. Then they have chest to chest and it gets some more microbiomes. Then it goes over to dad and has um, skin to skin and it gets some more microbiomes. And these seed the baby's own microbiome network and immunity a baby not going through the birth canal won't pick them up and they will have a possibility of more physical illnesses as they're growing up because of it it is possible to um if you're having a planned cesarean for the doctors and nurses take a swab from the mother's vagina and seed the baby with the microbiome from the mother's vagina this is something i never knew anything about And this is important for their future health, for their personal microbiome garden, if you will. And, you know, that's that helps the baby. And these are things that women should be aware of when they're giving birth. You know, if I'm going to have a planned caesarean, how can I make this the best for my baby and for me? I'm just thinking how wonderful is Mother Nature? incredible
0: honestly i could i mean we we know she was a woman i mean that's obvious (laughs) absolutely
1: absolutely but how do you know that the woman's chest will get warm just after birth because baby's coming up there let's keep the baby warm you know there's all that oxytocin flooding around she falls in love with her baby she can't resist it even the dad has hormone changes during his partner's pregnancy really absolutely testosterone drops you have to take it very carefully to tell men that because they get very very concerned
0: defensive so I should imagine
1: it does come back but it allows them to become closer and warmer and kinder during the pre-birth and when their baby comes it helps them to fall in love and bond with their baby shortly you know sometime later it comes back to normal I mean, that is just fascinating. It's, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, I could, I could go on. Did you know the baby goes down sideways and then turns so that it, so the baby goes down in the initial part of going into the birth canal, into the pelvic area, goes down sideways because that's the way its head will fit into the pelvic bowl, best. And once it's in, it then turns around. And baby does that all by itself? All by itself. Mother Nature had sussed out how best to get that baby out of there. I mean, I'm still
0: thinking back to when you said about the baby releases hormones when baby is ready to come out. I mean, who knew? Who knew? I certainly didn't know.
1: No. Well, I didn't until I started doing all of this training. I learned this on my Catherine Graves hypnotherapy training. It's a marvellous course. I do recommend it to people. And, you know, that's to train to be a positive birth trainer. But if you're on the receiving end of that training as an expectant mum, you learn so much. I mean,
0: I know a couple of people who are actually pregnant now, and I am so going to make sure they listen to this podcast. I'm not sure what the situation is here in Spain, but You know, they need to listen and then speak to their local health centre and find out what's available.
1: And you don't have to be anywhere where it's available now because everything's available online. Yeah. Uh, We have a mutual friend, Trish, and her her daughter-in-law read the Catherine Graves birthing book. She didn't do any classes, but she had a far better experience after reading that than she had done on her previous birthing experience. And she she gave birth with relative ease and said it was down to the book.
0: Wow. So we need to put a link to that book with the podcast. And I mean, Liz, what a, what a fascinating conversation we've had. I mean, <laughs> I've is, been quoting these facts left, right and centre because I think they're just mind blowing on the well, capabilities I, of, of, of mum's body.
1: I think like, there's so there's, much more that the body does you know, we are unaware of, you know, just there's so much information out there now about health in general, just that stuff about the microbiomes. I can get passionate about that as well. Um, You know, if you listen to someone like Michael Mosley, who are two yeah, well, yeah. well-known guys that talk about microbiome and the effect it's having on our overall well-being, the link between the mind and the gut is, a, you know, they're now saying that the gut has like, brain tissue it's is made up some of it is made up of the same tissue that our brain is made up of so when you feel things in, with your gut it is a real thing it is actually like the same kind of neurological responses that your brain has so you know there is so much information out there about our amazing bodies i mean i guess that is that gut
0: gut instinct isn't it you know your your gut is telling you no don't do this or you're getting a reaction to it It
1: works like a brain yeah Yeah. i mean the the amazing i mean
0: i'm very much interested in in the 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 human body and it really is meant to repair itself yes if we just give the body the right condition whether that's rest whether it's sleep whether it's water good food, whatever it is. If we give it the, the right things to allow it to repair itself and do its job, but unfortunately we are, we haven't got time, just give me the pill, let me take the pill, how many times a day, and, and that's it. As opposed to thinking, okay, why have I got this headache? Do I need you know to get my eyes checked? Am I feeling stressed? Have I not had enough to drink today? Is there something worrying me? we tend to just give me the pill and I'm going to carry on. And that's where it goes horribly wrong. The body is pretty forgiving and it will let you get away with so much. And then I believe it will say, "Okay, we've given you lots of hints. You've chose to ignore them. You've overrided the natural system. We're going to make you stop. And that's when you're in trouble.
1: Absolutely. And I am doing a lot of watching and reading and videos and and the like of the connection between stress and our overall well-being and also the energy that we put into our body with stress, you know, that then is all messed up. So there's a guy called Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you'll have come across him. And I've just watched an entire series of his about the connection between stress, energy and our general well-being, mental and physical well-being. and it's it's fascinating, really, Sheila is you know subjects that I can really get on board with. Hypnotherapy and meditation are very similar c- conditions. When I perform hypnotherapy on people, I get them really relaxed and quiet their mind and address the subconscious mind. When you are meditating, you're clearing the mind, calming the mind. And when you calm the mind, everything has a moment to repair itself while that calm when you're desensitizing yourself from all the triggers that set you into panic mode or worry or anxiety. You know, we very, very rarely live in the present moment. We're all thinking about the future, anxiously thinking about what might come. We're thinking about the past. We're worrying about the past. You know, we're we're affected by the things that happened in our past. But actually, the only thing that really matters is now. The only time you're really engaged with now is when you're meditating.
0: Liz, I can feel a second podcast coming up to cover (laughs) this subject. Liz, before we finish, is there any final advice, any final comments you would like to make on the birthing experience being positive
1: well you know don't take my word for it because i'm saying to people they should go out there and get educated and i would always encourage people to find the information for themselves so i've just given you a bit of a idea about the things that are out there one thing it isn't one size fits all so, go out there, read your information, check whether what I've said is correct. You know, I, I quote things, I'm not perfect, I probably quote them incorrectly sometimes. Four percent of babies are, are born on the due date. Maybe that figure is incorrect, I don't know. But last time I checked it, it was right. I will also say that the NICE, is the World Health Organization, says that an induced labor will be a longer and more painful experience, and that induction should only happen when there's a medical reason and not because the baby is overdue. That, you know, last time I read that on the World Health Organization, that's what it said. Things do change, don't take my word for it. You know, we learn science is changing all the time, so information is changing all the time. Do your own research, find what works for you, be educated. If if you're an intelligent human being, surely you would want to know what is happening to your body. And that is across the board, whether it be childbirth or just general well-being, you should know it's your body. You know it best.
0: Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you, Sheila. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Please subscribe on whatever platform you are using. It is free and if you would like to tell your story, please contact me on allaboutyoupodcast at yahoo.com and let's tell your story.